Hello, everyone. Welcome to Popcast on the Rocks, episode 84. It's uh, the day before Thanksgiving. It's um, a Wednesday. Thank you for joining mm -hmm. us. We're here to talk about pop culture things that we enjoy, and sometimes there's whiskey. My name is John, and I am joined once again, and as always, by Andrea. Hello, and happy Drinksgiving, our drinking holiday for the week. Perfect. I mean, on the day of, what That's do you right. um, what do you got there for Drinksgiving? And are there like prerequisites or there stipulations to Drinksgiving, or is it just like Drinksgiving? Have at it. Have at it. Enjoy your favorite festive fall cocktail. Okay. Yeah. What's just, yours? I mean, um, I don't know what my favorite festive fall cocktail is. I feel like I'm still searching, but I did mm. make in the spirit. I made like a very, I feel like autumnal seasonal drink. Um, it's a spiced ginger pear bourbon. Nice. And it is very good. It's just a, a little bit of bourbon, a little bit of um, apple brandy, and then um, some simple pear syrup. Um, and then I okay. got a little like cinnamon stick stir in here to give it a little spice. And it is quite delicious. I will not that lie. sounds good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Autumnal. I love that word. That's nice. Autumnal. Yes. Autumnal. That sounds good. I don't, so I don't know why, but sometimes... It'll just pop into my head when I say that word, which I'm pretentious, so I say that word a ton. I'll also <laughs> sometimes think of autumnal. That sounds like Mr. Tumnus from uh, Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe. And then I feel silly. Like, Mr. <laughs> Tumnus. Tumnal. I, I guess. I suppose so. That's his, uh, yeah, it's his relative, I guess. It's just, it Blink. just like pops in my head, like that little <laughs> girl voice sometimes, you know, saying like, but this is Mr. Tumnus, as I say, autumnal. I don't know why. I'm weird. Uh, what do you think of um, that series? Book that form, series. movie series, Lion, Witch, and yeah. stuff. Narnia. Yeah. Um, I, I actually quite enjoy it um, for being as um, kind of heavily religiously themed as I think you can see it is. Um, mm -hmm. I enjoyed it more. I, f I felt like it was less than other people had maybe said it was going to be. Like the the religious iconography was a bit less and a bit more muted into the story. I could still see it there, but it wasn't like as prominent. So I ended up enjoying the book series quite a bit more than I thought I would. Um, I did not read them as a kid to preface that. I read them solely as an adult. Um, sure. I still enjoyed them. I don't know if maybe there's like some translational, like I don't have that fond memory from my childhood. I don't love them quite as much as maybe like Chris does. I know it's one of his favorite book series, um, but quite good. Movies hit and miss. Uh, it's it's tough. I liked the first one. I thought it was well executed. It was a little. I think it was a little too heavy leaning on like the childish side, um, and I I do tend to enjoy you know either my adventure or fantasy epic a little more like adult. Um, not like adult, adult, like X-rated adult, but you know what I mean? Um, but <laughs> I yeah, mean, was, whatever you say, Andrea. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm just revealing so many things on the podcast tonight. Um, yeah, no, I, I liked the first one. I thought it was well done for what it was. Um, the second was rough. It was 
I I think pretty terrible. There was some is poor casting choices, poor Prince writing. Prince Caspian. Prince Caspian, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I was definitely one of the many many girls who thought Prince Caspian was super hot. Um, sure. he totally is. But that doesn't save him from like a really really horrific accent and some pretty mm. wooden acting. Mm. So to be fair, not his fault. I don't think anybody in that movie really does like you know an A plus right. job in their acting game. Um, but he was, I think, a particularly st- standout poor performance. Wasn't um, that someone noteworthy now? Ben Barnes. Um, you've seen him oh. a couple of different places. Westworld. Um, he's the son of the the park creator and the best friend of uh, the man in black, um, the younger version. And then yeah. um, he's also in Shadow and Bone. Um, right. He's the Darkling. That's right. So. Yeah. Those are two okay. two pretty notable places. I know he's and been in. He has performances well. in uh, in there, particularly in Westworld. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Much, so much, much better. I mean, I don't know, you know, what he's all done between there, um, between back in the day of Prince Caspian and now, but he obviously figured some stuff out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I did not, unfortunately, see Voyage of the Dawn Treader. Um, I'm kind of bummed about that. I feel like I should because I feel like Edmund was actually the only kid of the four that i enjoyed his performance um enjoyed like that that character's journey so i should watch that that's right this came up before alan mentions he's in punisher and um he's in punisher yeah the The, netflix one okay all right i was like which Punisher? and i just remember it coming up on the podcast because we were talking in shadow and bone how our Mm -hmm view of the character was potentially colored one way or another based on the things we remember him in previously right yep that's right so that, that's why only reason i thought like he's notable because we brought it up then mm-hmm. so yep exactly everybody go back and watch our episodes talking about Westworld and talking, uh, and talking shadow and bone yeah shadow and bone yep mm-hmm. so <laughs> all right um well, we're going to be talking later in the episode, speaking of like based on books, fantasy series, mm-hmm. um, Wheel of Time, now streaming on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. So the first three episodes are currently available on said streaming service. They We've seen all three, and yes. we're going to talk about them all spoilery-like, but later in the show. So um, first, we'll um, give everybody an update what we've been up to and talk a little bit of news. Mm-hmm. So other than making fabulous cocktails, <laughs> um, been watching, playing, reading, doing anything yeah. awesome this week? Yeah. So I've, I've watched a few things, um, some, some only parts and one thing in full. I did... I, I wasn't planning on it, but I ended up binging the entire Netflix limited series called Made, um, mm. M-A-I-D, not M-A-D-E. Um, and that was really excellent. It was a really quality okay. show. Um, so it's about a young single mother um, who escapes an abusive relationship with her daughter, not with her daughter, but escapes the abusive relationship and takes her daughter. Um, and then it's sort of like navigating – I left with nothing, like, how do I build myself and my daughter a life? Mm -hmm. Um, And it's played, the main character is played by Margaret Qualley, who is the real-life daughter of Andy McDowell, who plays her mother in the show, um, 
who is both oh. an artist and has undiagnosed bipolar disorder and is just like, I think, a really excellent performance uh, by Annie McDowell. Um, okay. Excellent performance, too, by Margaret Wally, but I think Annie McDowell has a little more room to like play with her character. Sure. Um, would highly recommend the show. It's very, very good. Um, hmm. Trying to think. The other main character in there, the, the guy who plays one um, main characters. Yeah, Nich- Nicholas Robinson. Is that the main guy? Um, let's see. Yep, Nick Robinson. Yep. Nick Robinson. Yeah. Um, so you might remember him from Jurassic World, um, which is yes, that's one, right. one big one that I remember him from. Um, I know he's been in some other stuff, but I keep he's got one of those faces where I'm like, oh, it's you. And then I forget it immediately. Sure. Afterwards. Um, but yeah, really solid performances by everybody in that cast and a good show. Nice. So, yeah, that was fun to watch. Um, and then I watched the first two episodes of Arcane really enjoying that so far um i know nothing about league of legends so Mm -hmm. i don't know i don't know if anybody who's played the game is like nope this is terrible um or if they're on board too i mean if it seems if the ratings are anything to go off of i think everybody's really enjoying the show and i know there's already been a second season ordered so i think whether you're a fan of the game or not it's it's done well Mm -hmm. um but like i said i'm i'm enjoying it immensely so nice yeah, can't wait to keep I, continuing that. Yeah, I definitely plan to get to that one. I, I, I too, know history with League of Legends, but mm-hmm. everybody's raving about it. Like you say, mm-hmm. uh, player, non-player, whatever. So yeah, it's um, it's a big month for Haley Steinfeld, who voices one of the main characters in Arcane, and now today, of course, the first two episodes of Hawkeye on Disney Plus dropped. So mm, she's yeah. she's having quite the month. Um. Obviously, TVD on whether Hawkeye is a big hit like Arcane is, but, right. you know, right now she's 50-50, so. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the last thing I watched, I know you're going to hate that I say it, but I did. I watched it. I watched the full first episode of Bebop, uh, okay. Cowboy Bebop. Um, the Netflix one, yes. Yes. Netflix, next Netflix live action Cowboy Bebop. I watched the entire first episode. Definitely have some thoughts, good and bad about it and definitely some things i was surprised i liked um danielle pineda's faye valentine shocked i i liked that characterization i from the trailers i actually expected her to be worst um and and me to be the most annoyed and not the case watching the actual show so um and i still don't know that the show overall like lives up to the original but I think her performance is very solid. Um, and other things I was surprised by were I did not like the actor who plays Jet Black. He is the he. I have now after after watching the anime, I have a very specific like attachment to like the kind of voice I feel like Jet Black should have, mm. and his voice is wrong. Not his hmm. looks are wrong the way he's acting nothing about that it's literally just the way his voice is hmm. i've heard so the complete opposite about those characters really yeah they're like i, don't, I can't I don't stand know. any cringe like every line face says is cringe and then that jet black is like the closest embodiment of the show's character 
See, minus, I totally like, agree. What you can do with the script, like you know, like well, the script right. yeah, is I mean, what it is, you know. But you can't, yeah, you can't make the words different, even if you can make them okay. sound different. I feel like he embodies the character. Totally agree. I just have like a very specific attachment now to like that voice from the anime. Yeah, and I watched the no, dub, a, so it is in English. Yeah, it's, it's just very distinct in my brain, and it just like kind of breaks me a little bit when I like hear this guy talk, and I'm like, that's not, it's not the same. It's not right. It is I don't a specific know why I don't. voice, that's for sure. Yeah. I just don't but. feel the same way when I hear like John Cho or Danielle Pineda talk. Like it's okay. just not as 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 discongruent in my mind. Mm -hmm. so. Okay. But yeah. Sounds good. I'm I'm going to keep watching to see how I feel in future episodes. Sure. So we'll we'll see. Obviously won't belabor it too much because I know you're not going to watch it, but I'm willing to like creep along until something happens that really turns me off. Well, you know, if you watch it and you decide that you want to talk about it, then, mm -hmm. you know, you can certainly give your thoughts. Cause yeah, I'm, I thought about, you know, I've, over the months of uh, sl slandering this show or whatever, I've uh, <laughs> <laughs> gone back and forth whether I watch it or not. Wait, what? Like, you don't like it? <laughs> I Sorry. just, I yeah, I, you know, I don't know if I had talked to, was talking to Ashley about this or on the podcast, but I, you know, I didn't, I love Death Note mm -hmm. and I didn't pay any second minds to the Death Note anime or live action version on Netflix. Mm -hmm. I love a Full Metal Alchemist as a live mm -hmm. action version of that. I also didn't watch that. Like these things just don't interest me because I enjoy the original and never as it happened thus far, that a live action version, particularly one from Netflix, has mm -hmm. brought anything beneficial mm -hmm. or improved upon the original. It just hasn't happened. It's never looked like it was going to happen, and then it hasn't happened. Right. And so it just, it this one got to me because it showed up in my newsfeed so much because mm -hmm. it's the biggest one to be done so far. Totally. It's the, totally. the cultural phenomenon at the time got a lot of people into anime. And so, you know, and a few uh, higher profile actor in it, John Cho. And um, so it was just in the news. But it's, I yeah. kind of realized, like, I just, I didn't, I never gave two shits about the other ones. And mm -hmm. so I'm not good on this one either. Um, yeah, I get that. Like, the, the one I was thinking of. Um, that I almost tried and then I got too scared because I love the anime so much and I really don't want it ruined was Erased. I oh, yeah. loved, loved, loved that anime. And then I saw they did a live action and I was so tempted to watch it. And then I just thought like, no, I can't. Erased is what perfect. if it's bad? It Erased is. It's is so perfect. good. It, I was it so does... into that show and I binged it so fast. It was so excellent. And I just feel like I'm going to be let down. Mm -hmm. And and maybe this is the way like you feel about Bebop, you know, times 10, I think. Um, but yeah, I could just never, I almost started it so many times and I could never do it. Yeah. It's just not worth it. Like it's not going again. It, you would hear about it if it's like, wow, this right. really, if it was so this good. Really, yeah. yeah. This really took an already amazing thing and just shot it to another level. Mm -hmm. Like incredible. You'd hear that. It would be right. apparent. And that's never been the case. You know, right. some people, again, some people are going to be more uh, like um, 
more willing to sit down and watch a live action show than an animated one. So sure. for you, that you're not going to watch the animated version, then here you go. Here is mm -hmm. a here is a replica, an imitation of whatever that you might enjoy. So yeah, yeah, I'm. I feel like I'm probably more willing to watch this for two reasons. One, I hadn't watched Cowboy Bebop before this. I mean, I've obviously not finished the animated series. Yep, um, but, you just but I hadn't. Yeah. Exactly. I had no like time to like really like develop that like deep like love of it. I do really love the series. Um, I think they're, you know, obviously in any show there are episodes that are better than others, but there was like a string mm -hmm. right in the middle that like really just like gripped me and I thought it was just like four or five episodes in a row that were just so, so good. Um, but I didn't have like time to really develop that connection. So and like I've said before, I like John Cho. I'm I'm intrigued by this project for him. So I was more willing to give it a shot. Can't say that that's like super paying off. I'm not sure that I really love the show. I think, like I said, there are some good pieces that I was surprised by. Um, I will give props, I think, to the setting. They do some really cool like outer space shots. They sure. really do. Um, they've, they've spent some good money there and, and things look cool. Does that make an entire show and does it make it good? I don't think so, but there's some, there's some cool elements. Yep. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> the nail was put in the coffin for me as some mm. people talked about it and I saw some clips and different things from it and was like, oh man, I'm glad I didn't, mm -hmm. I didn't give it a shot. Do you remember the, um, a couple episodes without like spoiler descriptors of it that you were saying sure. was a really good run in the middle of the original bebop. Yeah. I really liked, uh, Jupiter jazz. There, yep. there was like a, a little two part. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I really liked that. I liked my funny Valentine, um, where we go back into phase yep. past a little bit. I thought that was mm -hmm. good. Um, God, I'm trying to remember the couple of other episodes that I just thought were, Oh, I liked meeting Ed for the first time and that, okay. um, that sort of, uh, the, like, um, what was that? Like the computer that was alive a little bit, the satellite that they were yep. meeting That's also. Right. Yep. Drawing the shapes. Um, and stuff. Yep. yep. And then I loved, I loved heavy metal queen. Okay. That was mm -hmm. the trucker episode. Mm -hmm. Um, and Ganymede elegy where we yeah. get to dive a little bit into Jet Black's whole pass. That yeah. like just that run kind of in the middle there. I just mm -hmm. not that not that others weren't good um and I really enjoyed them, but I just thought like some of those were really excellent episodes. Yeah, I think all the ones where they dive into someone's and one of the characters past, you know, it's um it's all these characters that are um you know, they're all broken. And we get to see, I mean, it's not new, but we get to see how, how that is, where they come from. Even Ed's mm -hmm. past, I like a lot as well. Yeah. Um, that episode is, yeah. is good. But I think if it's my funny Valentine, if it's the one I'm thinking of, there might be another one. There's like two sure. Faye past ones that I think are probably, are maybe the best episodes. Um, but yeah, 
Speak Like a Child is the other one. Yes. I had to, I had to yep. look it up. Um, yep. I like that one a lot. I do too. Yeah. So. There was just, there were really amazing stuff there. And um, like I said, I mean, there were, there were some episodes that I was just like, that was good. That was a well done mm-hmm. episode, but it didn't just like grab me the way that some of these did. And it was just yep. kind of like, normally I feel like a show falls off in the middle and it was just so different for me to like be gripped like that in the middle. Sure. Um, Mike is in the chat and says, happy Thanksgiving, y'all. Um, happy drinksgiving Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yep. Don't at me, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Should be drinking water, he says. Fitness trainer says drink water. <laughs> so. I do drink a lot more water these days. Like, I, I will well. just, uh, like, if I drink, if I don't drink any water, I'm getting a headache, side aches, all this stuff when I'm working out, so. Oh, man. That's what happens in your 30s, man. Is it? Uh, that's a thing <laughs> in the 30s? I guess. I, I mean, I guess I don't remember that from being a kid, but I didn't, like, actively exercise as a kid either. It'd just be but you think about like, or something. Yeah, but you think about how much you exercise as a kid, just, like, not consciously. Right. Just, like, constantly in motion, exercising mm. your body, but just not in, like, a focused way. Yeah. 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 I guess hockey as a kid, and that was pretty. You played pretty hockey, intense. just like at the public rink. Oh, okay. Yeah. You didn't do like actual like seasonal. We didn't like, have. TV. No, we didn't have. Okay. You know, our school wasn't big enough to have hockey, but we. Um, yeah, I was I, say, that, that would be a major revelation for me. I was like, I would not have guessed you'd be into team hockey. Yeah, we we had some good years there's a few years where the weather was right for the ice and they kind of took care of it and a bunch of kids showed up pretty consistently okay. and so we would play quite a bit and then my it was fun because my dad was really is really good at hockey and so he'd be skating circles around everyone and you know mm-hmm. teaching people how to play some and whatever so that's cool that was yeah that's good now they don't take much care of the ice usually. They just kind of blast the, the water up in the hose there and it's all uneven and then they just <laughs> set it and forget it. So, yeah. Okay, well, you got a lot uh, lot in in a few days here. And we, what do we have well, an episode just on Sunday yet? I forget. So. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, not, not, too, uh, not too long ago. But I see your list is even longer. So... Yeah. You must have been doing nothing. Well, a bunch of my list and... is just me like solemnly swearing I'm never going to watch Cowboy Bebop. So that makes it look longer. Um, but yeah, um, you know, Wheel of Time, Squeeze All In, we're going to talk about in a, in a bit here. Um, yep. Just a few episodes of My Hero Academia again. I think I'm in season three. It's still consistent. It's still good. Um, I, yeah, I can't recommend that one enough for casual but motivating shonen kind of anime um kin i got in just i think one more episode of that it's the okay. irish show on amc plus with charlie right. cox and um, right. little finger and mm-hmm. a woman that's actually we just found met in season or episode three of wheel of time the uh gypsy leader oh lady. her mm-hmm. okay so I also recognized her. She's in The Tudors. She's Henry's mm. first wife, Catherine of Aragon. 
Okay. And I was just like, hey, like, it's been a while. Yeah. You used to be a queen, and now you're a gypsy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's a, it's a new, new life experiences. That's right. That's right. Um, I mentioned I picked up Ghost of Tsushima again a little bit. Yeah. Um, recorded some more clips of that. I always, I try to like start a record and then, so if, like ever talk about on the show, I can show that, but I always die during the epic battle or something. So then I do it again and eventually get it, but it's like, oh, I wish I could, this could just look cool and good through the first time. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And I've been, uh, dipping into some manga again. Um, sure. Uh, Sutomo Nihei is like his all his work is just my thing. I read the first volume of Biomega. I don't know if I'm going to like that one as much. Um, mm -hmm. If, uh, you know, Blam being my favorite manga, but right. Um, yeah, and I'm caught up on his other his current one, Apple Sims. I don't know if that's how you say it. There's not a new volume coming until February or something like that. So, OK. So, yeah. Nice. Lots, lots of, lots of stuff. Yeah, there. your interests are diverse. Yeah, I think so. I think so. <laughs> I think so. I'm a hodgepodge of a person. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, news. Um, news before mm -hmm. we get to Wheel of Time. Sticking to a lot of video game things here. Right. Um, Horizon Zero Dawn. Mm -hmm. For listeners, you're aware that I like this game, Horizon Zero Dawn. Yes, by Guerrilla Games. And um, there's a new one coming in February called Horizon Forbidden West. And leading mm -hmm. up to that, they're doing a podcast, Horizon mm -hmm. Gaia Cast. And they released their first episode this week. Uh, I think it was Tuesday, I think. Um, and it was good. It's all about the our main protagonist, this episode is going to be covering different categories each week. Um, next week, or I'll, I shouldn't say week. I don't know if it's weekly or monthly. I don't know what the the release cadence here is here, but sure. um, I'd like it to be often. So I enjoyed sure. this. They talk about you know how they made the game and the different thoughts that went into the different different decisions they made and all that. So so it's like a preview, kind of like teaser, a little bit behind the scenes. I wouldn't say it's a the... You know, I wouldn't say it's a preview, really, because well, they've been they also released a new PlayStation blog. They do on their blog posts that that's kind of going over elements of the upcoming game. So they okay. go over the new machines and the new locations and the, the detail they put in each of those. And I've been liking those a lot as well. But again, it's I'd rather see this kind of thing than the hey, tune in for our live whatever. And then we don't show right. much of anything. So right. this is this is separately kind of like looking back talking about the world of mm, horizon okay. in general talking okay. about lore um like the next episode is supposed to be covering kind of past events that occurred before the game kind of mm -hmm. how we got there filling in some context there and okay. so um if they talk about what's to come yet they haven't really, and I don't think they will. I think it's just going to be in general the the world of Horizon. So sure, okay, yeah. that's actually kind of nice. It yeah. Doesn't put too much pressure on them to like have like new content, right? You 
the way yeah. that you were saying about like we feel about so many live events it's like oh i'm so yeah. let down this was supposed to be new mm -hmm. well it's the you know they just they ask questions like aloy's parent in this game like what did you know why did you did you ever consider this for this character or was this sure. always the way it was going to go and that kind of thing that sort of insight and then it's kind of like you know when you're writing something and you're world building not all of that you do gets recognized by the reader or the player or the watcher it's it, mm -hmm. you wrote it there you have the backstory you have the whatever but it's not it's like playing DD, all right? This very detailed, long thing about this character that probably no one is ever going to find out mm -hmm. unless they're weird and they'll start asking very personal questions or something or sure. whatever, you know? But it's context that someone could ask to better understand or whatever. So, well, yeah. if I ever join in on a game, I will ask you. Be ready. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun to see people, like, there's, there's levels, but it's fun to see people try to, like, wreck the dm you know sure stump them and stuff sure so um in more gaming news what's mm -hmm. this pokemon so, or pogo player yeah yeah this came out of like left field no advertisements about it just like surprise pokemon go is partnering with ed sheeran and he's gonna do a live <laughs> in-game concert um, it was a couple of nights ago. I did not unfortunately get to tune in being the, uh, the solo parent for my darling daughter. Um, but I heard good things about it. It was just, you know, kind of a fun mashup of some of, you know, classic Ed Sheeran tunes and some new things that he's been working on. Um, so I guess maybe it was like a unique way for him to highlight his music. Right. Question yeah. mark. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, so that, that happened in the game. They're having like a special event um, where you can catch Sunglasses Squirtle, which hasn't oh. been available in the game. Yep, it hasn't been available in the game wow. since like 2017 or 18, I think. Oh, um, I didn't because, remember he was before. Yes, it was a very, very limited one day event. And okay. Chris and I were just talking about how difficult it was to actually like go get him. We mm -hmm. like literally were running around the Mall of America, like literal running um to get like people would be like it's over here and then like everybody would just like shift to one side of the mall and mm -hmm. it was chaos and very fun um but so he's back now because apparently that's ed sheeran's favorite starter pokemon so they decided to bring him back um and then as you're playing the game they have nixed the normal background music and are instead playing like a medley of Ed Sheeran tunes in the background. Oh no. <laughs> they're all they're all instrumental, so okay. it's not like weird lyrics just like happening. Yeah. Um so it's kind of okay and kind of very disconcerting. I don't so. remember it was one song, something about like all over my body or something like that. Yeah. It's like just like catching Pokemon to that. Right, I know. It's okay because they don't have the words. It's it's at least <laughs> instrumental. But yeah, it's it's kind oh, of man. weird, but whatever. Mm. Like, yeah, I mean, um, he I, was in Game of Thrones. Ed Sheeran likes to just, you know, pop up and know, things. Yeah, and why not? Let's just, you know, let him do mm -hmm. some random stuff. Um, I think it's good for Niantic because they are unfortunately obviously closing down and shuttering the doors on their Harry Potter game. Yeah. I feel like maybe they sort of felt like they needed a little like, we've still mm. got Pokemon Go. Like, everybody, you know, come over here. Look at this cool new thing. And, I mean, I know 
Um, obviously, like live concerts and games are not new. Um, they're starting to, you know, become a little bit more widespread. Like there's yep. been several of those we've talked about in um, uh, Fortnite. So, yep. Yeah. So, this so did you have to Pogo's go to a certain spot? No, nope. like, no, nope. just opened just... up, opened up your game and it was happening. Hmm. Yeah. See, I remember I'm... getting a notification and I was like, it is my daughter's bedtime. Like, sorry. She, Ed Sheeran can lull her to sleep. Lull her to sleep. Talking about his body. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or Scar. Not talking about his you know, body. either one. Someone else. Either one. Body. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Interesting. See, I like, though. I mean, that's fine. But for a game that's an augmented reality game, I would rather see you have to go to like a gym. Right. Right. Know, that would be cool. Something to. Yeah, go to like a special location, go to a park yeah, or, you know, right. mm -hmm. you have to be within how many feet of a post yeah. stop or a gym or so whatever. You want to sit in your car if it's cold, you know, whatever, that's fine. Yeah. But you're close enough. That's. But, I mean, they're going to want eyes. Ed Sheeran's going to do this. He's going. They want as many eyes on it as possible, so. Yep. And we'll but. see, you know, if in the summer, if they felt like this went well, maybe in the summertime they'll have like, you know, an event where you do have to like go outside mm -hmm. or go to a gym or go to something and make it a little easier. Yeah. But yeah it was okay. kind of cool. It, was just, it yeah. just, like I said, came out of left field. There was like no advertising and suddenly they were yeah. like, Hey, Ed Sheeran's here. And I was like, right. Cool. So Ed, Ed Sheeran knows what Pokemon go is. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's like, what's your favorite starter Pokemon Ed Sheeran? Pikachu. Wrong answer. It's Squirtle. Nope. We want to do yeah. that one. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Let me tell you what your favorite starter Pokemon is. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. We'll stick with um, the kind of, you know, dare I use the buzzword metaverse. Um, <laughs> like, I know Pokemon Go isn't, but I can see yeah. I can see the the want for that at some point. You know, we talk about Fortnite concerts or whatever fake yep. worlds um xbox has been celebrating mm -hmm. their anniversary uh, 20th have. anniversary i think it was on the 15th officially and they have had a slew of things besides their like big day of stream they had some interviews um major nelson's interviewed phil spencer mm -hmm. and um there's discounts in the shop. A couple of the interest, more interesting things to me was the Xbox Metaverse, I guess. Um, Xbox Museum, I believe it's called. And okay. you can log on and kind of run around this digital space exploring your kind of, it's sort of a personalized xbox history slash your history with xbox kind of thing okay so like telling you the game you played most and what you where you got most achievements and those kinds of things when you started all that along with like callbacks to different important parts in xbox's history so sure. a while back you know i think it was days after or whatever facebook announced their metaverse you know meta um, Microsoft did the same thing as well. And so this is, t feels like a, an attachment or like a realization of a piece of that or something. Mm -hmm. So, um, interesting. Are you pumped for the metaverse, Andrea? 
This like, is like adjacent to our like kind of topic. Well, just in general, you know. I don't know that I am. Mostly I mean, because I feel like it's just sort of like still not really a defined thing. Okay. I mean, do you know what I mean? I just don't know what it's like looking like. Well, it's a lot of it's a it's a buzzword right now, but it's kind of interesting because I was telling some people earlier today back on the PlayStation three, they had a thing called like PlayStation home and you'd mm -hmm. log on, you create your own avatar and you have like an apartment or something and you can kind of mm -hmm. decorate it or whatever. And you walk out of your place and there'd be other people and you could, I don't remember what you could all do. We could walk around. I know there was a theater you could go in the theater and watch movie trailers. And so there'd be other people around you, you know, and you'd watch movie trailers for probably Sony shows that were coming or whatever. Sure. And so it's like not a new concept, basically, to be living in a virtual space, have a second yeah. life. You know, I think there's even a service called Second Life or whatever, you know, but um, I don't know. Everybody's trying to push it now. And I think it's interesting because we haven't gotten any technology advancements to make it worth the push now. See, you know? that's what I'm saying. Like, so what what are we going to do with like, is, is there actually something behind you know, creating these different things like meta and metaverse, or is this just like we're anticipating coming in like five years? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, is this like of the now or is this like of the far future? I mean, I think everybody wants to get in early and create the tools and the have the platform that eventually will be much more alluring when we have like nice headsets that you just throw on and it's very convinced a very convincing environment to be mm -hmm. in you know um it it's it's still not all that different than someone having a house in skyrim and spending a lot of time in skyrim with your customized character or world of warcraft or whatever mm -hmm. you know yeah um and to me these things like i don't know it, I mean, a person has Animal Crossing and takes care of their house in Animal Crossing. People love that. So you can see that someone will be in a virtual thing that's more realistic and has an avatar that represents them more specifically. Yeah. To, like that you can furnish a second house and then like, you know, go jump off cliffs and stuff and do crazy things. I mean, yeah, but also like I feel like part of some of the fun of Animal Crossing is like, it's not so much your life. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like part of the fun yeah. of it is that it's different and it's not like I've created a second me and everything right. looks real world. Like I don't need a real world in my real world. Do you right. know what I mean? Like I would rather yeah. have an animal crossing. That's like something totally different. Sure. I don't know. Yeah. I will. And then Microsoft wants to use this to like, so if you're working from home, then you can have your digital avatar and it's like you're in the office with other people, you know, and, but it but looks so hokey. Yeah. You, but you're not but exactly. You're not. And, and if it looked like you, like it was a holographic projection and it was simple and easy, that might be different. Right. But it's not, it's some floaty, silly cartoon thing that's supposed to be marketing this for business. That's not, was it? Supposed to be yeah. Silly. Wasn't there like an interview that was conducted recently? with this technology or something's like super similar. And it was just like the most ridiculous looking thing. It was like, God, I want to say like Gail King and somebody 
did like mm. a virtual interview and it just it, like it just looked like the most ridiculous thing they were just like sitting there with their little like headsets together and like they were together but they weren't together they were together uh, in the okay. digital space okay. and it looked like absolutely mm. ridiculous i don't know maybe maybe mm. alan can find what i'm talking about but it was just like everybody just like ripped on it because they were like this doesn't look real it looks silly like you're not actually together but you're pretending like you're together Right. Like, please mm-hmm. stop filming this. It is very mm-hmm. weird. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just, it's interesting uh, to me as a tech person, but I think that this isn't going to matter until we can, until we're like, sort out online or ready player one sure. or take your pick, you know, where you would have an, uh, an implant from Elon Musk and you'd load up an experience right on your up phone. Here, yeah. Yep. And then you just lay back and you'd feel like you're there. You're in this oh my God. space. Sorry, I found it because it was bothering me. It is Gail <laughs> King and Mark Zuckerberg. They literally oh no, have like that's a, gonna be yeah. that would be terrible no matter what. It was Mark it was Zuckerberg. so it was so awful. Everybody it was like just this year, it was like in August. And okay. everybody was like, Why are you doing this? Please stop it. Like <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah. Okay, I feel I feel better and vindicated now that I found yeah, it out. Yeah, you forgot the the alien lizard person that she was talking to. I, he's yeah. just so forgettable. <laughs> Come at me, Mark Zuckerberg. I'm not afraid. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, that's uh, an aside. I just I spend a, sure. a a portion of the morning discussing the metaverse and implications and whatever, and so I just thought it sure. it's kind of tangential to what we're talking about here. So, absolutely. Um. More video game stuff. The Golden Joystick Awards of mm-hmm. 2021. Um, I've heard yes. about the Golden Joystick Awards, but I, I added a little snippet in the notes because I, it's always interesting who decides these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a fan voted, originally voted by just the, the fine people of the British Isles of yeah. England and uh, the UK. Um, but now it's just online and anyone can do it. And, and um, so there's a list of winners mm-hmm. for these categories. Mm-hmm. Um, some th- have you got to look through at all the kind of list of winners here? Anything kind of stand out as uh, surprising that you hadn't thought of or as, uh, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Ultimate game of the year. Ultimate or oh yeah, Ultimate you were just saying you were just saying uh yep. last week, I, was, I think. Yeah, because we were talking about, about the, game, the awards. game awards nominations, right? And I was shocked that Res Evil Village was in there. I just mm-hmm. wasn't expecting it. I mean, and I don't mean to hate on it because it sounds like I am because I loved playing it and I love Res Evil. So I'm like just sort of shocked that like other people loved it that much. Do you know right. what I mean? Like sometimes, sometimes you can't get past your own bias. You're just like, well, nobody likes it because you know, like mm-hmm. I'm I'm so into it or whatever, and like you know, you just don't think other people are. So I was just like, ultimate game of the year, out of the many games that came out, like so, Resident Evil Village was it. Th- so I had some questions when I sure. saw some of these, and when I looked up, uh, that it's just a public vote. And especially that it, it has the tradition of being in the UK, it all made sense. 
all of a sudden sure. made sense because um what ultimate game of the year means as resident evil village and also playstation game of the year as resident evil village means that's just what most people bought <laughs> um uh, resident evil village is the is the biggest resident okay. evil game uh in the series resident evil is doing very well resident evil village it was was huge compared okay. to other resident evil games and okay. the biggest system it. right now is by far and away like of new stuff is the playstation 5 right so totally get that. yep so playstation 5 also won hardware of the year yes i saw um, that which that that also says the best do you know what i mean like i yes. feel like ultimate and best are are like slightly different enough to not yeah. be like necessarily best okay yeah i mean otherwise you would just say best like why do you, why do you say ultimate right yeah Mm -hmm. so like does that really mean like it's the best game of the year or like is it the ultimate game of the year because it's like maybe it wasn't like totally my best playing experience but like i was pumped for it there was a lot of hype there were good trailers like you know what i mean mm -hmm. like the, the gameplay experience was was what i wanted like you know i know they they said best performer here was uh maggie robertson the lady who played Which, uh lady Dimitrescu. no, no. i was like okay what i mean like that's a limited performance it really right? is like i would i would totally give it up for like best limited performance you know what yeah. i mean if there was some sort of sure. way to say like limited or supporting or whatever supporting role um, yeah something like that yeah yeah um yeah very interesting i mean not that not again not that her character wasn't cool and right. not that this like wasn't a good job like a well done job but like best performer i mean i bet I one know. of the people one of the actors for death loop was better they just yeah. had more to chew on you know um like the best Deathloop storytelling life is here? strange yes death loop is in here for critics uh, critics choice, choice. yep there's so yeah. yeah. yep, yep so right. that makes sense that got a lot of high scores yeah um yeah i just um what do you you know what do you think it's it's tough between when you're doing awards obviously it's best to just not take them too seriously but the that balance right. between um fan voted which yeah. obviously is just going to be again what the most people played right because you know uh or critic voted which is theoretically more um meaningful mm -hmm. but Critics yeah. don't sell games either. So, I mean. Yeah, they, I mean, they obviously can influence, but they don't. Yeah, mm -hmm. they don't sell games. Um, I feel like it's it's a it's a fun thing to do. I mean, you know, we have things like the People's Choice Awards for like television mm -hmm. and movies and whatnot. And like those are very important. Like not only do I think, you know, the the general audiences sometimes have different opinions that you can argue right or wrong or, you know. Like, what was that choice or whatever? And sometimes they align. Um, but, you know, it's it's also an important indicator of for like these industries for what they people want to see, what people are interested in and what mm -hmm. people are going to buy. So, you know, maybe maybe we don't always agree, but they are nonetheless, obviously, uh, a gauge of like, OK, where did my stuff land? Yep. Right. Yep. So. It, it obviously influences, you know, things that are going to be made. 
Mm -hmm. Well, I definitely will agree with probably from whatever best indie game, Death Store, best studio or studio of the year, Capcom. Sure. I'll agree sure. with those things. I thought the ultimate game of all time and ultimate hardware of all time are very strange. So Dark Souls, firstly, I think, I mean, game of ultimate game of all time. I think a lot of people would say that they probably like Dark Souls 3 better than okay. the original. Alan, you can tell me if uh, I'm off base with the community, uh, I, you know, idea there but sure. um now maybe they just mean that to them dark souls is very the original it's very influential and so sure. that's why that one deserves it well and it's hard it's hard to know like what are the parameters mm -hmm. without i guess knowing for me like you know how how do they like put you know ultimate the game verbiage of, of the yeah the question like how, was it literally mm -hmm. just like ultimate game of all time and you got to like write it in did you get to vote out of certain ones like yeah i guess we should they, have done did, it i didn't know what was happening right yeah, yeah no and and maybe next time we can try and get in there mm -hmm. um so we can see these kinds of things but i think that's that's pretty important for people in deciding things like that is it like did they did they include the word franchise do you know what yep. i mean like was this right. like a franchise thing or was this like literally one solo game of all time or was it you know from a certain year on i have no idea right yep well i think that i'm relatively though. unbiased with this stuff the the biggest one that raised my eyebrow and just made me think for sure was the um ps5 winning the mm, yeah. game hardware of the year best gaming hardware um and so that's what yeah spurred me i really need to look up how this is done because the, sure. the ps5 launched with a bunch of issues and i know that most of them have been resolved but i don't know its competition didn't launch with a bunch of issues so mm -hmm. i just thought that was interesting pick yeah, so. again, I would love to see how they word that and what your choices are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, okay, we're moving into television here a little bit now. Yes. Um, Ridley Scott, we've talked about him being busy um, alongside developing an Alien series. He's also now doing a Blade Runner television series that's on top of, you know, the... Blade Runner, Blade Runner, like Black Lotus or whatever animated thing we've got. That's now. Mm -hmm. um, not much happening here right now other than like a pilot being developed and as he calls it, the Bible for the show. Um, but what do you think of this resurgence and in interest in the Blade Runner and Alien franchise? It kind of, they were, you know, kind of gone for a while and now it's like we're going full steam ahead with with these two franchises. I'm I'm back and forth on this. So I I don't know. I really kind of wish this was the thing that Ridley Scott was going to be really involved in. And then I don't wish that because I really want him to get back into Raised by Wolves. 
because I feel like the end of the show where he stopped being involved suffered for it. I know we've talked about that on our Raised by Wolves Mm -hmm. episode. No need to belabor the fact that I think we agreed that there were some strange moments at the end of the series. Yeah. Um, Some strange choices, I should say. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just, I don't know if like maybe really Scott's like being spread too thin here. If he's, mm-hmm. you know, going to be involved at all or if he's not being involved, like, I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing at this point. So, no, I mean, I'm, I I'm excited mm-hmm. in theory. I agree. Yeah. Right. It's just hard to know without any detail. Yeah. And, and kind of knowing what the premise and who's going to be involved. Yep. Yeah, it's early. I... I didn't know that he was responsible for the latest, uh, the last duel with um, mm. Al. Oh, um, oh, 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 yeah. Sorry, Adam Driver and uh, and yeah, Matt, Matt Damon, Damon and, and Brad yep. Ben Affleck. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Sorry. Um, sorry. I had to, no idea until he was complaining about it. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, yep. he's so agree. He, sorry, like, I was still stuck in like TV series land, mm, and I was like, yeah. "What did I miss? That's so big out there." No, the movie. Mm. Gotcha. Yeah, I just like he's been quoted now as saying that the last duel didn't do well because all these stupid millennials don't want to consume anything other than through their phone. And um, yeah, I, I mean, fair enough. Um, but he just he's just as whiny. He like, I mean, I guess that's OK. He's oh, he's going to say what he thinks, I suppose. But um, it's uh, it doesn't come off as. I don't know respectable i guess sometimes yeah it but was, all these a lot of these hollywood guy types you know they're they just oh we're whining about streaming services being nominated for things or they're whining about the superhero movies and not that none of them have points um but well yeah i mean at at their core there's there's usually a grain of truth in some of these statements um but it's just so they they come across so like blanket that you're like come on mm-hmm. like there's obviously quality programs on streaming services like mm-hmm. there's no way that so many things would have been nominated for awards if they didn't have some quality elements to them yep like so you can't just say like oh, they, people only want to watch streaming services not true um people have definitely been flocking back to the theaters you know what i mean like there have definitely mm-hmm. been like upticks is upticks in box office numbers Ooh, yep. that's interesting to say um, and there are an uptick, I think, of movie releases that yep. are going back to theater only. And mm-hmm. I don't think that studios would take that gamble if they weren't confident that people were going to come back. Mm-hmm. So I think just like those sort of blanket things, it's just like, come on now. I think, I mean, speaking from personal experience, I wasn't too particularly interested in the last duel because one, I didn't know where this guy was involved. Like, I feel like it wasn't mentioned in the promotions and I saw quite a few of them. Maybe it was, and I missed mm-hmm. it. And then Matt Damon's mullet. I mean, no, I, God. Oh. I, mean I, I know no. you youngsters, their mullets are back, but um, they're not for no. me. And Matt, uh, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck's whole look. <laughs> no. There was all kinds. There was fake hair, and it looked fake. It was terrible. Yeah, maybe it's sorry. supposed to be that. You know, maybe that's. I don't. I don't know. Fake in the movie, it's supposed to. I don't know, but it, they yeah. both looked pretty. Like, this is Ben Affleck and Matt Damon in some period costumes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, 
mm-hmm. in some period hairstyle and some period costume. Well, and it's Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. And I can't and with this right now. Really, Scott's other quote was something like they, you know, millennials, are, they have to they only want to absorb stuff through their phone and never willing to learn something or another, you know, and it's like, that's part of the problem. You're trying to teach me something with your film. Just, uh, you know, I want to be, give me, you know, are you not entertained? Really? Give me entertainment. And, uh, that taught you something too without, uh, you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? Like there's, there's no reason that you can't be entertaining and teach people something. Right. For sure. So I don't know like why he thinks like, we're all staying away from this film because it's educational because, it's, because I, yeah. I mean, I don't sit there and think like, just because it, you know, based on a true story or something flashes across the screen. I'm like, Oh no, it's like I'm yeah. in school again. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, okay, this is a true story. So, and usually know. based upon Too or broad. something is very loosely stated. And exactly. so then you're not really learning anything anyways, potentially, because who knows what you've done with it. You've got to look well, it all up later anyways. Well, exactly. I was just going to say you like, I think the point of that is to like make it so intriguing that you actually want to go look up sure. whatever this is based on and be like, okay, like that's a thing I didn't know. But again, that doesn't mean you have to be like devoid of entertainment to do right. that. Like, it's possible that Ridley Scott just made a bad movie with some poor casting choices. Maybe it's good. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I yeah, I don't know. I mean, thrilled to see it. So, you know, yeah. Blame your marketing team, whatever. So, yeah. Um, you're welcome on the time on the show anytime, Mr. Scott. Come on. Yep. Defend yourself. Your yep. <laughs> All right. We're going to get um, full of spoilers here. We're going to fill up on them or fill you up on them, whatever, for Wheel of Time, Amazon's Amazon Prime's latest attempt at a giant fantasy based on book series mm-hmm. television show. Um, we are not yet graced with the hot trash that will be the Lord of the Rings show, so we get in its stead. So nervous, um, so nervous. Wheel of Time. <laughs> I'm sick, I can't even talk about it. <laughs> Uh, it's just that's it's just an assumption. It could be great. It could be great. Um, Wheel of Time, first three episodes yes. out. You have a history with the books. I do not. I do. So we have a uh, diverse perspective here. Mm-hmm. We'll be getting on late in later weeks to talk about further episodes. Another book fan, mm-hmm. um, Phil, to return and and discuss this. But uh, let's get started. And if there's anything you want to preface with for your liking or history of or whatever the book series they'd like to tell people go for it otherwise we can jump into episode one sure so yeah to to give my my very brief history with the books um i started them you know back back in my teens um they are quite lengthy um if you've ever seen them or or read them you know um, they're they're big, solid books, and there are 14 of them in the Wheel of Time series, mostly written by Robert Jordan. Um, unfortunately, he passed away before he could finish, but he left extremely detailed notes um, for another fantasy writer, Brandon Sanderson, to come in and finish. Uh, I think he had planned on it being the last book, but Sanderson realized, like, there's so much material here. I need to I need to split it out. Um 
and it ended up being three books, which was actually quite well received um, as opposed to, you know, when we in the movie verse try to stretch one book into three movies. Yeah, right. Not great. Um, this was actually a great choice. Um, and and the final few books are widely regarded as some of the best in the series other than the, the beginning, of course. Um, so I have made it through, to the best of my recollection, uh, nine out of the 14. I dropped off, unfortunately, um, when I was getting into college and just like didn't quite have the time to read these like huge lengthy books. And they're packed with so much information. They're very much like Game of Thrones where if you drop off, you you can't just like pick up the next book. It's it, or you can, but it's really difficult because so much has happened for so many different characters that you feel very lost. You mean so you I can't did go, skip one, or you can't like take a long break and then jump back in? You can't. It's hard to take a long break because that's what okay. I did. I tried to jump back in, and then I was like, I'm not remembering anything. So I went back and restarted the books. Got about to the same place, um, and then hit <laughs> then hit grad school. So clearly, my problem is school. Uh, I need to stop that um, and finish these GD books. Um, Mm -hmm. But I've just picked up um, the book before where I left off last time. I'm not going to go all the way back to the beginning. I've decided Um, I'm just going to kind of use a little bit of the show, maybe a little bit of Google and then picking up one before I left off to kind of get me back into where all the characters are. And I'm hoping to get through all of them. Nice. Well, there are so many good synopses available you know, like yeah. recaps, whatever. So yeah, for sure. So that's so that's where I'm at. Um, I am a fan of the books for sure. I do recognize though that the middle does get a little draggy and okay. and long. Sure. But all right. Well, how does the uh, the show translate for you? How does it? Um, how's this yeah. adaptation? Only a few episodes in thus far. Right. But right. Um, how is it holding up? Um, I think very well, honestly. Um, it's very true to the source material. Um, obviously, they have to condense a lot, but I think they're they're pacing major events very nicely and skipping some smaller things that just don't quite, you know, translate from page to screen. Sure. Um, I think they've I think they've chosen their moments really well. I think so far they've chosen their character journeys very well. Um, And I think for trying to fit, I don't know if they're trying to fit all of the first book into eight episodes um, or if they're going to be, you know, saving some of the first book for later seasons. Um, I think I think their pacing's going well. And I think they've made. Sorry, I was just gonna say they made some good character choices Okay. and some character choices that I don't agree with, but we'll get into that in a minute. Okay. yeah, I, you know, me having no context, I read. one kind of as a person that's read it sort of review um they were just talking about yeah some of the similarities and differences or whatever is it is it true or am i misunderstanding that the what is a dragon reborn mm-hmm. or something right was yes. is only supposed to be a dude in the books originally and so yes. it's it's strange that because it seems like it's they're complicating it then with suggesting these other people when i mean do you think that they're gonna like change that and does that change the basis of the books 
Or do you think they're going to stick with it? Does it kind of spoil something if you know that? And it's like, oh, well, it's going to be yeah, one of the dudes, you know? So I, I, think, I think they did this to make some things easier um, in the plot to just sort of smooth over like, Egwene needs to go with us because she could be the dragon reborn. And I just sort of feel like that like it didn't need to be that way. It, it, this this was a choice I did have a hard time with because it's very important in the books to the story that the dragon reborn be a male because there's a whole thing about the one power and men. Mm-hmm. And that's like a huge part of the books. It's a major plot point um, for the Aes Sedai. It's a major plot point for our main characters. It's a major plot point for their battle against the Dark One. So I find it very strange that the show decided to like say that women could be mm-hmm. the Dragon Reborn. Um, I, again, I don't know if they were like trying not to waste time being like, well, Rain has to convince Egwene that she has to come with because she could be an Aes Sedai. And she has the one power and like, you know, Egwene doesn't want to go because there is that struggle in the books. Like there is that struggle of Egwene wants, you know, the adventure. She wants this new life. She's excited, but she also like feels reluctant. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they were just trying to be like, let's go. (laughs) I suppose. I mean, when they mentioned that it could be a man or a woman, it wasn't people that were particularly knowledgeable about it, right? Wasn't it? Wasn't it one of the like kids talking about that, mm-hmm. or was that someone yep. of? So maybe they—that's what they've heard, and that's not actually the case. And so, but I mean, well, she, well, Rosamund Moraine seems sort of like, like she's trying to, like she's genuinely considering all of them. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. So, like, like that I could have sort of bought or whatever, because because they they talk about in the in the show. Oh, I hear the dragon reborn is going to break the world. I hear he's got wings. I hear he's, you know, right. flies around, whatever. So there's so much myth and so much rumor around the dragon reborn. I could have bought that. But then when Maureen says, like, it's one of you and she includes Egwene. And I was just right. like, ah, I didn't need that. I, hmm. I feel like that was a little because disingenuous. Without spoiling, like, later stuff or whatever, doesn't it... Um... I'll I mean, try. Isn't the, yeah. Isn't the <laughs> idea of then like, like men trying to harness this one power is like corrupting, you know, or, or either, either, either they are corrupting of it or it corrupts so, them or. Yep. So, or, so here I'll, I'll quickly very explain because it's in the first book. I, I feel like it doesn't really spoil anything. I mean, it will be a little spoilery. I apologize for those who are watching the TV show and haven't gotten to that. But it is, like, right away in the books. So, lore-wise, it's it's pretty front mm-hmm. and center. So, what happened was, in a past age, in the Wheel of Time, um, a group of heroes called the Golden Company, led by the Dragon Reborn, was able to fight off the Dark One's forces and trap him in a prison um, within his, like, kind of his realm that he ruled. They were able to create, I think it's seven seals, um, and trap him there and lock him away from harming the rest of the world. But as the dragon, um, sorry, not the dragon reborn, the dragon, um, the dragon was channeling the one power 
to create the seals, um, the Dark One was able to kind of expend the last of his energy and touch the One Power as the dragon was channeling it and tainted and corrupted it for men. So the way that the One Power works is that it's yin and yang. There's a male side called Satan and a female side called Sadar. And female side was not touched because a man was the one doing the channeling at that time that the Dark One touched it. So, so that's why only women can touch the one power or the source, you know, who, who calls it what, um, and be uncorrupted. Every time a male, since the Dark One tainted the one power, has tried to channel, they've eventually been driven mad because of that taint. Every time they touch it, they go a little bit more insane. Mm-hmm. Yep. So okay. that's why every time a male tries to channel, the Aes Sedai are like, whoa! We need to tamp that down right now because yep. apparently one of the men who did who did after the Dark One tainted the One Power tried to channel went super nuts and killed a lot of people to sure. Okay, give super yeah, that's, quick that's a good that's a good backstory. Um, it's amazing in this show so far, and even you telling me that story, it it conjures so many different things for me, mm-hmm. like a lot of different. Uh, you talking about that? I thought. Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Mm-hmm. And then I thought my own D&D campaign. <laughs> and then I'm just like, it's lots of, um, and then going through the show. It's a mythology it's like, grab bag. Yeah, it really is a yeah. lot of things, it seems like. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Dragon Age as well with like uh, mm-hmm. some, um, you in that and just in general, tapping into magic is a yes. corrupting kind of thing. Um but okay, yeah, it's good. So yeah, with that, that does seem really strange. But I mean, does that necessarily mean that? So a dragon was a male using the bill, using the source. Does that mean that he's going to be reborn that way necessarily? Does that necessarily? I yes. mean, obviously the no. danger is then if, if it's reborn as a dude, re using the source would be a problem. Yes. So that's, that's, that's obviously why, like, like I said, the Aes Sedai are so concerned with any male who shows the potential to channel. They're Mm -hmm. always, it's weird. There's a push and pull. Some of the Aes Sedai are on the lookout for the dragon reborn who they do genuinely believe is going to save the world from the dark one. Um, entirely. Not just like seal him away, but like finish finish the job and right. um, you know, kind of get him out completely. Um, and then other Aes Sedai, so those of the Red Order who you see in the very beginning are literally just like men are bad, all men. There's no there's no prophecy of the dragon reborn. We believe in. We literally just believe any male that channels. We've got to hunt them down, imprison them, or kill them. Right. So. There's there's yeah, kind of a, a tension there, um, in the in the books it's it's a little bit more explained as like symmetry, you know what I mean? They they talk about like the wheel of time, the wheel of time turns, one age passes and then comes into being again. So they're saying like when the wheel of time turns, and like the dragon is reborn, it's mirroring that first age of the dragon, in which okay. of course the dragon was a male. So is the the turning of the wheel of time originally when I was, they were talking about a little bit, I was just thinking of it more as a kind of a like reincarnation. 
individually yeah, they, like you can come back and you know like you could try again next time you know you don't remember they, your past and it's kind of what it is um is they, it the they, world more you mean like literally it's segment like everything is re set in a no, way like the no, world no, no. dies or something and no they just believe like like events that are happening will happen again in the okay. wheel of time okay. and okay. and people come back in the wheel of time okay. um but it's not necessarily like a direct reincarnation like like when they they find out not to spoil when they find out who the dragon reborn is it's not literally the dragon he still has his own separate entity spirit right. um and he doesn't just like come back into this person and it's like right. oh hey i'm yes. this guy who i was right. um so it's not like direct like that but but there's again like a symmetry yeah it's those it's the it's the zelda it's zelda because when you talk about sealing away the dark lord with in zelda it's the seven sages that do this or whatever and sure. steal, steal him in his own realm um but he's always destined to come back like always yep, that's yep. the way it is the darkness always comes back again and there will always be a hero to rise to defeat him so it's kind of a chosen one you know link yes. is not the same link in most games it's of it's that if you want to call a reincarnation or whatever it's the child of prophecy that is destined right. to defeat the the dark lord once more and kind of the yep. same with zelda um yep. and that's yeah that's basically the same so, thing here okay okay all right getting into like the episodes <laughs> specifically here um so yeah. we talked you know it, we talk about casting all this stuff i have to say up front that do it i was not particularly thrilled on episode one but, no me neither um i because <laughs> I, what i remember so you and phil were talking and it's like oh this is it's definitely not young adult and all you know all this stuff or whatever and i'm watching it i'm like ah i don't know i i just i don't yep. like any of these people um yep. i don't but there's something about the look of it that i don't really yep. love um but yeah, it episode got a one lot was not <laughs> yes episode one was not the show's strongest i i don't know i feel like if i was in charge and you know who doesn't want to be in charge um but i would not have started out with this particular episode um okay. not not that the the, the essential storylines wouldn't have remained the same but just mm -hmm. like the way they told some stories the way they introduced some characters not strong and there were and I know we're we're gonna bring this up. There were way too many Lord of the Rings references and callouts or like obvious similarities that I was just like, oh Lord, like I Phil told me this was good and I'm so nervous because <laughs> there were there were elements certainly that I thought were, there were a lot of problems in the first episode. Mm. And I think two and three just like really improved. Yep. I think they tried to sell people on like the effects and, you know, make some action and stuff like mm -hmm. that. And I don't know, you know, my Lord Rings moments is, that were good. Yeah. That I wrote down were like, um, there was oh a God. wispy voiceover. It was very lady of the woods, you know, or lady white, mm -hmm. whatever kind of thing. Um, like Although recounting have, the time. I do have to say, didn't you like though, that she said like five sentences and then was done. 
Thank God. Yeah, I was, was so terrified yeah, was... they were going to like go into like this whole thing. Mm-hmm. It was going to be like 12 minutes of exposition. Yep. And I was just going to be like, oh, no. They just like mm-hmm. snapped to it. Thank and then God. the ring abandoned him. And <laughs> was lost the time for many, you know, I, yeah. Um, it abandoned but, Gollum. Yeah. Uh, no, I won't. I won't do my whole intro spiel. Oh, God. Um, I had. Yeah, I just really I think the biggest thing because it's like, OK, well, you know, some of the effects, whatever. I think that my issue was I didn't like people at this point. You know, I sure. just um, so. There was uh, the one woman that's like, I'm. You know, you look to as a leader here and I'm a protector and I'll protect the village even against you if I have to. Oh, and then and then shit hits the fan and you don't do anything. I'm like, wait a minute, because and then, you know, the one woman sworn in, sworn into like the sisterhood. And again, I'm thinking, okay, well, they've got some these are the people that are like training each other and they have some power and stuff. And again, they do nothing yeah. There's nothing there. They all have to rely on Rosamund Pike's wispy, wispy white strands yeah. everywhere, you know? So I so, was like, come on, what the? No, I totally agree. I, I definitely have some thoughts about that. Number one is I had such a hard time in the books with Nynaeve. She was my least favorite character throughout so many books. Um, She's always kind of that strong-willed to a point where you're just like can you just can mm-hmm. you just like take it back like a step please like you are a lot right now right and she finally gets better in the later books i think she sort of like settles down um and i'm not gonna like give a whole lot of spoilers you know i'm, I'm gonna try and stay out of the books um but yes she is a lot and she is very unfortunately dislikable but that weirdly is true to the books i think okay um and she and moraine like butt heads all the time in the books and that's pretty legit um so part of the reason is nynaeve does have skill with the with the one power um and she can channel but she just doesn't know it so like so many people in these these villages like Egwene and like nynaeve um they have the ability, but they've never really been taught like yeah, formally what sure. it is. So they like have these like small little abilities that they develop. Like Nynaeve yeah. is a healer and like has all of her like potions and stuff. And, um, you know, she's got some power that way, but she like doesn't know how to use the one power to like throw a rock at a Trolloc, you know? Right. So yeah, yeah their, their con- conception of what they're doing is so, so different. Um, and that all changes in later books. But it okay. is really tough to be like, like, you're all acting like you can do something. And Moraine's the only one up in here, like, you know, throwing yeah. down with a trolley. Yep. So it's yep. tough. Um, I'm also, and this is not improving so far, for the most part. This is the one sure. thing that's really not improving is sure. I don't think I like the way this is shot or color graded. I, I agree I, about the color. It's it looks uh, it's too contrasty. It looks like yep. they just someone applied an Instagram filter. Um, there are part yeah the there dark are parts moments that are so dark. It's well it's where the the blacks are getting crushed. They look they're yeah. artifacting because it's too dark. And mm-hmm. I I don't know if this was like a 
you know, an Amazon Prime compression thing or something, but yeah. I've just not had this on other things. Yep. Um, I get color flickers, like color patches. They're like skin looks blotchier and stuff at times because it kind of flickers mm. between like tones almost. Interesting. Like it just doesn't look that, good but yeah. that way. It's grainy yeah. a lot, you know, and th that can be a style thing, but it's, it's too grainy a lot of times. You know, the opening shot where they're chasing those guys down, they've got tons of weird blown out highlights and yes. it looks really sharp. And I don't know. I don't like it. Yeah. So. I would I would say that's fair for sure. I feel like there's I feel like somebody didn't quite make a decision. Do you know what I mean? Like they were sort mm -hmm. of like, let's like feel it out and see how it goes. Yeah. And then they sort of were ended up with this like patchy like like sometimes like in this shot that we're looking at right now. Moraine and Lan, it's like paler colors mm -hmm. and you know more like we're getting into the real stuff and then sometimes like you say it's that like sort of instagram filtery like very low lit like smooth warm tones and like then the blacks are like super black and like there's no leveling of colors and it's like these shows look very different right now. They look like they are yeah. not quite the same show. Yeah. It's odd. So yes. I don't know. Quite I don't odd. Know what, uh, I hope that they change something with this going forward. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know that um, one of my favorite shows of all time, Battlestar Galactica, had some, some inconsistencies, at least between um, like the first, the pilot thing and then the mm -hmm. rest of it you know so i don't know stuff, yeah. they could change something i mean a lot of shows do because they shoot a pilot and they just sort of have to like work with some stuff and then get picked up mm -hmm. and then once they get picked up they're like look at all the budget we have this yeah. seems a little bit different because i feel like it's like it was a given season right from the start but right. yeah who knows you know maybe maybe amazon did put the show through kind of like a trial few mm -hmm. episodes um, and then was like, okay, you know, here's your full yeah. amount of money that you can go get it. Right. They, uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It'd, it'd be interesting to see if it changes or progresses. Yeah. Um, wasn't something I was considering going in, but it, it bothered me a lot. Chances sure. looks too clean. Um, yeah. You know, but like I say, they intentionally, sharpen things and you get a lot of noise in spots or whatever um i don't know i it's, i notice a lot of times there's a lot in focus um so there's not a lot of depth but then i noted in i think episode three this one seems like did someone else shoot this part <laughs> because it all of a sudden had this good depth that they were playing with uh scene between was he says name is Lan and uh, this one we we're just looking at here. We we're just talking about Nynaeve. Um, yeah, Nynaeve. It was a scene between them, like she was gathering herbs and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. And it just it looked just looked better. So mm -hmm. I don't know, but um, yeah. I mean, to Alan's point, yes. Uh, many many times people look too clean. Um, I think. Part, part of that is, I mean, obviously in the first episode, everybody is like warm and safe and happy in their village. Yeah. Um, you know, where they clearly have access to running water as Moraine and Lan take a bath. Um, and 
in the books, uh, one of Robert Jordan's like key points about Moraine or one of her maybe personality quirks is cleanliness. So there's like a like her kind of like obsession is not obsession, I shouldn't say. Um, but she has a thing about like being well bathed and well groomed. Um, mm. so I don't know if that's like a weird, you know, like convenient thing for this show to say, like, everybody looks so clean because like that's a thing in the books. Um I don't know. Matt Would Matt she let though. Someone... Matt though kind of looks like rough and ready always. Matt? He um so he's the the third friend who leaves from the village. He's got the dagger now that he oh, found in Shadar Lagoth. Yeah. Yep. Um, with the two two. He's little a more convinc- He is one of the more convincing ones for me. He does look more the part. Dirty um, peasant. Yeah. Just I don't know. I mean, like, he is poorer um, than you know okay. Rand and Perrin. So that's okay. kind of like a, a a sticking point. Obviously, we see in the first episode that he's you know, begging yeah. for money and trying to steal things for money. And well, you know, stop well making off. bets. That's not a good idea. Well, so, yeah, I mean, you know, it's so weird. On the one hand, you feel like so sympathetic. And on the other hand, like, yeah, obviously, like, stop gambling. Yeah, Don't right. Know. Yep. Um, so, yeah, what do we think of the cast of kids here then? Or the, the young youngins? Um, you know, how we yeah. how do we feel their the casting choices were, um, you know, for me, again, I have no context for the books, so like I'd be coming a different way, but like Sure. From, yeah. Yeah, I mean they're they're broadly well done. Um it's it's honestly it's honestly hard to say after three episodes, but I feel like they're going in, in good directions. Um so we have let's, you know, as we're looking at the cast, I'll just take it from the left. Perrin is on the way left there. Um, he's our blacksmith, kind of our quieter, gentle giant sort of stereotype um, that fits very well with what's portrayed in the books. Like Perrin is um, very, you know, slow to speak, slow to anger, always like the calming, reasonable protector. Um, so I think that's well done. They do introduce his like beginning bond with the wolves. So I mm. dug that. That's definitely a big part of the books. Um, so that was really fun to the negative side. He does not start out in the books with a wife and does not kill her. Like, I don't, I'm not really sure why that yeah, needed why, to be like an angsty yeah. plot point that was introduced. I don't see, like it. That sucks because I didn't like that. I, I, I at first I see this guy, I was like, okay, I don't know what to think for sure, but he seems kind of yeah, dopish. Sure. And then he kills his wife or girlfriend or whatever i'm like oh my god definitely this guy's a dope where i don't like this guy at all yeah and in fact i was very interested in his wife i was hoping she was going to be a part of this more you know yeah I don't know, no just idea like interesting... yeah no idea where that came from who thought of that why he needed some backstory there i mean i know to be fair he's not like he doesn't go through a lot of character development in the early books. So maybe they were like trying to do something not necessarily just spend time on other plot points. Like I was highly disappointed in that. Um, yeah. God, that so, I really, that was the, one of the, the biggest bummer bummers to me in the first episode. Honestly, I really yeah. didn't like that. And I agree. Um, so I agree. now I mean, in my mind, he has like some work to do coming back from that. Well, <laughs> so. and I mean, I, the only thing I thought it was good for was his dreams. 
that was like a cool sure. scene when he like yes. flips out and there's like a wolf like yes you know eating his wife um that was cool that was crazy yeah. um but yeah no the whole the whole plot in general did not love that um Egwene, she is definitely the right amount of wildly stubborn and highly vulnerable at the same time the, okay. the in the early books Egwene is like all over the map emotionally um especially okay. with her and rand because they've been promised to each other since they were kids like they sort of expect their future together she loves him but doesn't quite know how to say you know i don't really want this which she you know ends up doing in the first episode by saying in a roundabout way i'm going to be Nynaeve's apprentice which means i can't marry you mm -hmm. um so that that relationship felt very true to the books and i think she's nailing a lot of like uh, i don't know how to say that i love you but i'm not in love with you when i know you're in love with me right and that's tough that's you know yeah. so their their relationship is all over the grid which makes sense to me um there's now, a moment i didn't like with her though yeah. it was in episode two totally and i mean she can she can have totally shitty bratty moments um, yeah which is true to the books too i just mean okay. like her her yeah. swings of character i think are very accurate okay yeah i i she was starting off to be one of my favorite characters and then had this moment where she just like snapped it's like okay you have one conversation with rosamund pike and mm. you like her kind of here and then you snap at rand um i'm like okay rand could be a little more reasonable here too but you don't have to like I forget what she said exactly, but like call him such an idiot or whatever yeah. for questioning this person that you know nothing of. Yeah. And it's like, to me, it's like a, a finally, okay, Rand is saying something here. Let's, let's get some answers. Let's, let's have right. some, you know, because right. so many, th I do not like shows or books or anything using the excuse of someone just intentionally, for no good reason withholding information that would make things way better just so we can have conflict in the show. Yes. Because people would ask questions and people would discuss. And if you don't have something to hide, you have something to hide if you can't answer the question. And so then you have reason to be skeptical. Yeah. So like so so I I agree. I think I think we're like the show just sort of like missed helping helping the audience like make the dot connection is Egwene's outburst is probably equally about uh, herself in the sense of like, yeah, that conversation was really affecting for her because it's offering her a chance to be Aes Sedai, which of course she's like, oh my God, like I'm powerful. Like I'm meant for something. Like I've always wanted more and this is what I want. I can see that it's hurting Rand, you know, and I can't deal with that. So I'm going to snap at him. And then also she's also snapping at Rand because of his rejection of her when she tried to go like lay down with him and like have like a best friend moment. <sighs> when, when I think in her mind she was going to have a best friend moment. And in Rand's mind it was like, why are you teasing me? Like, that's yeah. not cool. So they're totally just like having mm. teenagery, yeah. you know, willful miscommunications, which they are teenagers. So sometimes that's going to have to happen in the show. But I just think it it wasn't quite as smooth as the show needed to be for mm -hmm. for the audience not to be like you like very off put by it 
And mm-hmm. I was too in that moment. Um, and then for Moiraine, she, we learn later in the show that of course she can't tell a lie. She can talk around stuff, but she right. can't lie. And so I think her in that moment, again, that the show didn't make very clear was her trying not to lie when Rand is like, what are we going to do with the white tower? And in her mind, she's like, well, you might die. Mm-hmm. I want to tell you that. Like <laughs> yeah. you might be imprisoned. Probably don't want to tell you that. Like, yep. I don't know what awaits you at the White Tower. It's probably not super great unless you're the Dragon Reborn. Even then, the Reds yeah, are not going to... Yeah, threat. Yeah. Right, the Red Aes Sedai are not going to be cool with that. So I might try to kill you anyway. So why don't I just, you know, go off and, like, be mysterious? Was, <laughs> wasn't, wasn't a smooth moment. Wasn't mm-hmm. a smooth script moment. Yep. I mean... It- ultimately like you say you wouldn't like the answers but you're not gonna like the answers anyways you know oh okay go off on your own you're being hunted you know so you have a chance here to maybe be protected for a while which it's not working out so well um or you know so like just being upfront about that like yeah your your future is looking kind of grim right now honestly um what are you gonna do about it Right. And to be truthful, Moraine's got her own motives, too, which which, you know, are are human ones, um, no matter, you know, what what legend says of Aes Sedai in the lore says of Aes Sedai in the books. Um, So they're a mix of good and bad or good and potentially harmful intentions. Um, You know, they're for her own purposes. So she's obviously not going to like share like I've got my own plans that I hope, you know, you're going to go along with. But we just met. So, hey. Yeah, it's tough. Yep. It like I said, it was not a good script moment. Well, what about uh, some of the characters? Yeah, Maybe so I'll, I'll I'll round out uh, Matt and Rand. Matt, uh, I think, is well done. Um, he's very much like he is in the books. He's you know a gambler, trickster, does not like a good day's hard work. Would much rather be off having fun. Um, which is why he's susceptible to, th- to doing things like he did in episode three, which is wander off in uh, yeah. Shadar Logoth and pick up that dagger, even though Lan expressly said, like, don't touch stuff. Yeah, right. Um, so, yeah. So and he's always after that wealth, that power, like he really wants all of that. So that ch- as much as he grumbles about going back to the two rivers and and genuinely wants to protect his two sisters. um. He's also a little bit about, you know, what if I'm the Dragon Reborn and I could be famous and I could have gold <laughs> and women and you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So he's he's very shifty. He's got yeah. a lot of competing motives um, and he hides a lot of them from his friends because he feels like, oh, my God, Rand and Perrin are so good. They won't understand my very base need for things like, you know, money or, you know, at a, at a deeper level, like clothing and shelter. So. He's definitely sure. he's definitely um, relatable, but flawed. And mm-hmm. I think the first couple of episodes have shown some good moments for him. Um, Rand is the the very like reluctant, like I would love to be, you know, home in the two rivers with my dad on the farm. And I had my whole life mapped out, loved yeah. it, was super excited. I don't want any of this. Like, let's go back. Um, 
So he's very the reluctant hero Mm -hmm. archetype. And I think not having too much else to do, the actor, you know, playing Rand is is doing a fine job with that right now. Sure. Okay. Yeah, and then our two, um, Rosamund and Lana, I'm enjoying their stuff so far. So, yes. Um, I had a really hard time when they first popped up on the screen. Okay. Because in the books... There's a very, very big deal all the time made out of how short Moraine is. It's like four foot nothing. And it's always commented upon how short she is, how diminutive in stature. Mm. Like, but she's so power. She exudes such a powerful aura. Like characters always forget that she's like looking up at them and she's like so tiny. And Lan is this like, you know, like mountain think the mountain of from game of thrones like he's just like a barrel of a man which obviously this guy is not right um so it was very disconcerting watching them enter on the screen and having that like preconceived notion in my mind it was really tough i was like i'm gonna give it a shot because obviously like that's a really hard pairing to find i get that they wanted some star power with rosamund pike i think she's a fabulous actress so she can she can do a lot with any role she's given. Uh, but yeah, that was really tough for me to see. She got like one of the Fanning sisters or something, right? To do it. Just like yeah, they're someone, tiny, right? Just, yeah. Like a tiny little, little bird person. Huh. Um, yeah. I suppose so it's because she's producing as well. It's right. like, I'm, I'm invested in this show. I'm, I'm doing this role. Like she, yeah. Which happening. go get it. Mm-hmm. Um, she's, she's not doing bad. I mean, I'm not going to, you know, say there there are moments I think are clunky, but overall, I think the performance is, is good so far. But then they could have gotten, like, the mountain. He's free. I know. I was just thinking yeah. about that. I was like, I mean, I don't know if it was, like, maybe going to be too, like, on the nose. And he's not, like, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't want to be, be too disparaging, but he's not exactly like a nuanced actor from what I could see in Game of Thrones. And, I mean, and that is the yeah. thing about Lan, like they, you know, the books are very like still waters run deep and, and he's got a lot of very interesting backstory to explore. Sure. Um, so I, so I don't know how maybe he would have done with that, but yeah, it was, it was an adjustment. Um, okay. I'm liking their pairing together i'm liking their chemistry but it was tough initially okay okay i can see that um and then we had an uh an episode two uh, a good old lord of the rings scene run to the ferry run to the crossing and uh it's like oh man wow that's really on the nose um yeah ring wraiths chasing um hey they're afraid of water i know I know it was terrible. They, yeah, there were two. There were two moments where I was like, "Okay, too much here." That was one of them for sure. Where the fade comes up, um, doesn't look like a ring wraith. Actually, looks like you watched the extended Lord of the Rings, right? He yeah. looks like um, the mouth of Sauron more. I think. Oh yeah. Right. Yes. Oh man. Like okay. totally, I think. The mouth of Sauron is amazing and wasted in the movies. I agree. Uh, he's so cool. So maybe we're going to have some cool moments here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that was a huge like, oh my God, like I'm watching The Lord of the Rings. And the other moment was Rand's father when he was like, all we have to decide is what to do with the time given to us. Yes. And I was like, stand up. I made you notes hear? of that. 
that too. It's like, <laughs> come on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, mm -hmm. Phil, and, Phil and I talked about that too. And we were just like, way too on the nose. Mm -hmm. Please stop. I don't, I don't want Elijah yeah. Wood to like pop up with his like giant eyes and talk about the <laughs> Like, no. I mean, that'd be a fun like Easter egg. He's just like leering <laughs> behind a tree, you know, he's there. Yeah. <laughs> Going to Moria, guys. See ya. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, those were, those were two very, very heavy leans on Lord of the Rings that I felt maybe we could have done something better. Yep. But unfortunately, really like, the fairy is in the books as well. So sure. I really like the opening of episode two. That was a lot stronger. Uh, it was a much darker tone is very intriguing. Like, OK, who is this guy? You know, he's, you know, being served. He's got the hands cut off for the woman that's going to be burned, mm -hmm. you know, collecting rings. I like, yeah. the, you know, the the bloody fingerprints on the very polished. Um, uh, silver mug, goblet, goblet. Yeah. yeah so i i liked all that and then i liked meeting those people it's like okay these guys are gonna clearly be a problem um but they were a fun um addition thus far and intriguing yes side note to later events um give off give off like raised by wolves church of saul vibes you know Yes. Yeah, I thought the White Cloaks were well executed. They were creepy and terrifying and culty and mm -hmm. um, like a great representation of the way they are in the books, especially um, that questioner. I don't yeah. they have I don't know that they've said his name out loud. Amon Valda. Um, he is just like wildly fanatic and horrible, um, which is the way he is and it's yeah. it's a great great job like the whole i love the whole way they're doing the white cloaks and i love their uniforms yep. um, i always had a tough time picturing those but i think they're unique and interesting and also like now very clearly what i picture you know what they're I mean? kind of some sort of like um sith robe like a kylo ren plus some sort of sith lord but completely white then yeah but then they've got like yeah. the the metal arm like, thing, armor that shoulders, nice. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, and clearly signifies some ranks and things like that. So mm -hmm. I I enjoyed that. Yep. Yep, I agree. Um, the dreams have been good as we've talked a little bit. Yeah. The bats pulling that out of your mouth. That's that was good. I was like, oh, what's you got? What you got in there? So that's, yeah, I yeah and that's I good. liked um I like the way they portray the dark one, in the in the I think I think they did a good job of like visual affecting with the red there. eyes and stuff yeah yeah okay. so i think he could have been dumb and right now sure. i'm i'm finding it you know not like mm -hmm. oh my god i'm so scared but creepy enough to be like oh okay good job yep yep um then we got into some moments uh let's see yeah, that was episode two yeah yeah where so um some things reminded me of Shadow of the Colossus and it's like partner game eco, um, mm -hmm. the shadow stuff coming and the ruins uh, and everything like that were very reminiscent to me of this. So I, I liked the ruins. Um, I was interested in that. Um, and um, the uh, the shadow in like an eco 
things come out of the shadows to like grab mm. you and pull you in or whatever. So sure, it's yeah. obviously a little different, but, um, but oh, yeah, I, I liked these moments. Yes, yes, for sure. Oh, that was horrible. Um, that was horrific. <laughs> Again, great use of special effects. That was mm-hmm. horrifying. But there was stuff that I really, um, you know, a lot of moments or the towns or whatever kind of unimpressed by, but then I liked the wall with the crack, the city walls or whatever. Yeah. And the scale of that. Uh, I think that was, that was good. Um, some things were a little, little fake looking or whatever to me, but, um, yeah, you know, some like the, the, like the lighting on the person didn't exactly match what they had there or whatever or something. But, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed, um, yeah, see, oh, sorry. Here's the fade for those of you who are watching mm-hmm. total mouth of Sauron, right? Yep. I yeah. mean, he's he hasn't developed fully yet because Malthasarn is like it's really right, right. Big. It's yeah, but yes, but yeah, yeah that's, that's the cool. vibe I'm getting. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. yeah, I was just gonna say I really enjoyed most of the effects in and Shadar Lagoth. Um, like the the big giant wall was was I feel just as impressive as the shots of the wall in Game of Thrones. You know what sure. I mean? When they were doing that exterior shot, I thought that was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, the development of the interior, you're right. There were some exterior shots that were like, mm, this is clearly flat. That's not actually a building like down the mm-hmm. row back there. And I, you know, dimensionally it was a little tough to, yep. to swallow that this was a full grown city, but yeah. Yep. Um, did you buy the one guy not telling everybody about his injury? Like, is it just like, I don't want to bother anyone else, you know? Yes. Yes and no. He's totally self-sacrificing like that. And he's clearly like atoning for killing Layla right. by being like, I'm just going to suffer and like, I mm-hmm. deserve this. That's very Perrin. Um, I think it's a very weird, specific thing to have him suffer through um, when like he could very easily be slowing the group down. And I'm surprised he hasn't gotten an infection not because it was like a trollic blade, but like just literally right. because he has not taken care of that thing. Um, and they've been going and going and going and riding and, you know, clearly not stopped to let anybody know that he needs care. So, right. Um, yep. Yeah. So I bought it. But I again, I'm not. It's hard. I really like the character of Perrin, but they're doing some very weird things with him right now. And I think it's just to give him more interest. And I kind of want them to stop that. Stop sure. giving him just like, we think this is interesting. We'll have him do it. Just like let his storyline play out a little bit more. Yep. Well, our, our group runs into trouble. They all get separated. This feels like mm-hmm. a good D&D scenario. We got our party now into three groups. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, our big twist at the end or a big shock at the end of episode two is... Uh, that our, our favorite lady is back and is survived. I'm going to slit your throat, Lan, if you don't, you know, bring me to that of all my friends. Yep. Um, which immediately asked, like, how did you find mm-hmm. what? So it's, again, I'm, it's a whole thing in the books. OK, yeah. So let's, let's, we'll see if they explain that, because obviously they uh, start to address it in, in episode three and then right. she doesn't answer. Um, so I yeah, figure there's something to that. Uh, um, but it's like, I was happy to see her do something and survive what would happen to her and everything, you know? So Mm -hmm. that was good. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. She, uh, 
she, yeah, I was going to say, she, again, it's a whole big thing between her and Lan and Moiraine, like how she kind of comes back and follows them. And again, it's that sort of much like Egwene, um, who they keep, you know, kind of reminding us she's not much older than. Um, she kind of is longing for this like adventurous life and, and more important things to do. And this is kind of a really great excuse of like, well, I'm following my friends and I need to protect them and make sure they come to no harm. It's my job as mm. wisdom. And like Moraine mm-hmm. constantly reminds her like, you're the town wisdom though. You could just go back. Like, right. you know, yeah. you have a whole town back there um, take who care you could be protecting. Yeah. Which you did a so, bang up job of last time. I know. Really just great. Absolutely nailed it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. So there, there's a whole like push and pull there that I'm hoping they'll get into. Mm-hmm. Yep. So they're all separated. Run, they're on the run. Um, I thought it was interesting that um, they were running from the wolves again. But it's like, to me, in my mind, it's like, didn't you learn from last time? It seems like the wolves were coming after you and then they just licked your wounds. Right. So, And right. they suggest that later. It's like, it's like the wolves led us here or something. Exactly. So, But it's like, I feel like I would have made that connection. Maybe if you're not like used to dealing with magic and weird stuff you when you went in real life but as a viewer i'm like they're probably not going to hurt you you know right probably help you out <laughs> right exactly yeah it's it's again a weird like how do you tell this um because of course Egwene doesn't know that and then right. perrin is like how do i tell her that like this wolf came up and licked my wounds like isn't that a weird thing i should probably not tell her like i'll just i'll just run yeah. with her but like you can't really convey <laughs> yeah. that yeah to an audience so it comes off really clunky like oh we're ch- being chased by wolves oh wait the wolves led us here and are helping us out that's so crazy uh, these guys i met them before they're cool right my buddy yeah yeah um so then we're in um with the other set, um, Rand and stuff. So it's kind of Rand interesting. To, yeah. Yeah. To see them trying to decide what they want to do, kind of, you know, pulling interests here, seeing Matt sort of like try the, the opposite of the other group, you know, where yeah. it's like Matt is saying, Hey, you know, she's probably dead, you know, and she's likely if she's not just gone home or whatever you know or what you really just discouraging for sure yes you know on the other side it's very like well he'll go wherever you go because mm-hmm. he's gonna be your little bitch yeah. um but yeah i so it was, it was a fun town dynamic then working and then like you say it seems emblematic of his character getting out of doing whatever mm-hmm. he you know real totally. work and um but I nonetheless, I liked the interactions. I I liked the bard. It's like, yes, Tom Marilyn. He is a huge part of the book. So I'm hoping to see more of his okay. character. It, it was great because I I wrote this bard in my own campaign and I'm always looking for like songs that would be Oh my be God, isn't his song? Yes. Just amazing. I loved it. Loved it right off the bat. Because so many bards are like kind of chipper you know, mm-hmm. or they're real young or something like that. It's like, that's not the bard I wrote. I don't want these songs that are like elves saying, you know, like, I don't know, whatever. And we're going so, through the grass and the fields and the spring and the flowers yeah. and the harvest and the stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm like, I'm stealing this song. I'm using this song yeah. in my campaign. 
because awesome. um yeah it was a good song it was a good good performance and then it was an interesting character later and it seems like he could be a good influence on um on matt so it's not um he's not you know you don't have to think of him at first you know he's 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 there for himself it seems but mm -hmm. um he's not a bad guy he's really to give his money back and all that stuff you know right yeah by burying someone i um i i hope i'm not being too spoilery here um but so part of part of his influence in the books here is that he is going to help Rand and Matt get out of this town um, and take and kind of help them along the next part of their journey and, and take them as his like fake apprentices. Mm. And it's it's really like a whole fun arc. And, and there he's got more in later stories. He's like I said, a very big character, actually. Um, but I'm hoping to see that in the next couple of episodes. Sure. That this is, this is, you know, we're going to stay to that storyline. Makes like him try to play an instrument. Yeah. Well, he, he, I think he has Matt maybe try to like throw knives or something. And mm. he keeps like trying to do like 60 million different things for Rand and Rand is hopeless at like everything. Cause he's too straight. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. Like there's no like artful entertainment flair. Whereas Matt is, you know, a talker, mm -hmm. he's an entertainer, he's, you know, gonna have a drink with you. So yep. um uh, I okay. I do have to say I loved this town because their scenes in this town because I thought it set up some very important points. Like one with the dark friend that they met, the bar the yeah. inn owner. That was surprising. Um, yeah. So she's like you know, obviously like an agent of the dark one on the lookout for them. Um, she, you know, the way she gets messages, she communicates is through dreams. She said they've been appearing in her dreams, so she knows to look for right. them. So yeah. obviously that sort of underscores Maureen's point about dreams being powerful. Yeah. Um, and then the second piece of information that we get is that um, she says, you know, I heard that there were four of you, but you two are important. Hmm. So we get yeah. that it's like a total throwaway, yeah. Just a super brief second, but from that you get we're setting Rand and Matt up right. to, you know, like vie for and, and have this like tension of like who's the Dragon Reborn. Sure, yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, because they'll probably replay that moment in their head a lot, mm -hmm. for sure. Well, That's especially cool. like when I was when I was talking about, um, you know, that that part of Matt. That, you know, there's the one part that wants to go home and just be with his sisters and live in the two rivers. Mm -hmm. And then there's the other part that's like, I want fame. I want glory. I want, you know, yep. the wealth and people chanting my name and things. Yep. Um, I want the material things. So that's, you know, there's obviously going to be a little part of him that's like, ooh, I like this, <laughs> you know, and, well, I, and I don't know yeah. that I want Rand to take it away from me because Rand gets everything. Mm-hmm. Well, and it was interesting with Rand and her in the room because I'm like, mm. at the time, watching him, like, okay, this is, uh, maybe this is getting a little flirty. Don't, you know, like, you've mm -hmm. got you've got your girl already, you know, don't do this. And then he doesn't. But then thinking about it, and as we've talked about and stuff as well, it's like, no, you should have just gone. I mean, obviously, you probably would have been killed uh, doing that. But oh, yeah. You should have, like, um, should have gone for it. It's like, ah, fine. She's going to leave me, you know. She chose... Right larger bigger better things you know than me so like go for it then but yeah ultimately a wise decision but it it yeah. doesn't bode well you, for him 
being able to accept um, the path that his love is taking, you know. So. I won't, I won't say anything. <laughs> There's so many things I could say right here, but probably I'll just stick with, yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. it does not bode well. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, but it was, yeah, it was fun, unexpected for sure. And um, so, yeah, I was just much, it, I was much more inclined as episode two and then three for sure went on to notice less of the flaws that yes. were like, I couldn't stop noticing in the, in the first episode and stuff. Totally agree. Uh, so totally yeah. agree. And speaking of flaws in the first episode, cause we were talking before the cast, um, about pronunciation, name pronunciation. Mm, yeah. And you know, you were like saying like, I don't know, I don't know who these people are, like how you pronounce their names and whatever. Um, from reading the books, I had very specific pronunciations in my head. Um, and they they are written out in the books to like help readers, you know, to try to get that. That there was one notable deviation. And I don't know if I'm wrong or the show's wrong. I'm I'm gonna believe the show's wrong just because it's so locked in my brain. So Lan's last name, they introduce him right away. And they say his last name and they say Mandragorin. And in mm. my mind, it was always Mandragorin. Okay. It's a, it's Mandragorin a, it's a, sounds better. I think so. So we had this whole conversation before the show about how I, I listened to Harry Dresden and in the, sh in the books, mm -hmm. the gangsters, John Marcone, and in the audiobooks, it was Marconi, and I hated it. So I feel like the similar situation is happening here where I like Mandragorin and they said Mandragorin. And it just, I don't know if it was like, the way they said it or the way it was introduced. And I was just already shocked that Land didn't look like I was expecting him to look. And then they add this different name on top of it. But I was displeased. Displeased, mm. indeed. I mean, I'm going to get on team whatever you said. Yeah, I'm, I'm on Thank that you. team. Thank you. Mandragoran. Yeah. <laughs> Mandragoran, yep. <laughs> uh, it just sounds more, um, more real, less like a made-up thing. You know, Mandragorin. Yeah. Mandragorin sounds like you're, I don't know, you're a man dragon. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Mandragorin. And there's like, oh, there's just like that? a whole cool thing with Lan in his backstory from the Borderlands. And I don't, I just don't know about calling him Mandragorin. I don't know. Mm. Maybe, maybe if it was just like a slightly different pronunciation, I would be okay with it. But yeah, I just wasn't feeling it. I might never say it again. They might never so. say it again. Like we were so. talking about, they don't call each other by their names often, mm -hmm. by their full names less often, which is, you know, good because we don't talk mm -hmm. like that in real life. But yeah, yep. something, something, you know, when you were talking about noticing the flaws in episode one, it was something I got a little stuck on for sure. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, right. it was sad we didn't have Phil here to get his thoughts, but we'll get he'll catch us up on his thoughts later. And this was probably Absolutely. enough getting getting ours. And we had the nice, clear and concise kind of uh, like contextual fill in from you here. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that's all good. And yeah. Um, yeah, there's oh, oh, I, I didn't talk about these. Uh, let's see. Filthy gypsies show up. Um, oh, yeah. And the tinkers, and, yeah, on. Yep, and so there was some good blood pumping stuff at the end. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, okay, I you know, I should say, 
um, I didn't introduce what my drink was. It's almost gone. Oh my now. God, you didn't. It's so funny. Yeah. I thought about that earlier and then got lost in the lore of Wheel of Time. Tell us about yeah. your festive fall beverage, sir. Yeah. So it's your autumnal um, peanut butter. Yes. My autumnal <laughs> drink. Yes. I got to use that a lot now. My, <laughs> it's peanut butter whiskey with uh, eggnog and then um, like pumpkin spice on top. So, oh my goodness. That's yeah. just like all the holidays in a glass. I know, how, right? Uh, how are you doing with it? It's good. I mean, it's very sweet. Good? It's a small glass okay. that had a lot of ice sure. in it. But um, yeah. Yep. Good stuff. Excellent. So I didn't come up with a drink called Wheel of Something or another. Or you know, Oh, I know. Next time, though. I could call we'll the, to, we'll I could, to... I'm going to call it the Dirty White Coat. The Dirty White Coat. There yeah. you go. Because you know they're shady and they're they got dirt on their hands right away. Drink is very white, and I had you know sprinkles on top and stuff. So yeah, I'm trying to figure out like what mine could be. I mean, it looks kind of like the the yellow eyes sedai. So that's what I'm gonna call it for now. Okay. All right. Yeah. We got it. If you all stick around to the end of the episode, you got a treat. (laughs) New names for new drinks. Um, you're welcome. We'll have to challenge Phil when he comes on. You know, yeah. we'll, each, we'll each like create a wheel of thought, wheel of time themed drink and see yeah. who's the best. Right. Mine's gonna be the uh, uh, the hot man dragon or whatever. Oh, I knew you were gonna work that name in there as soon as you <laughs> said it. I was like, he's gonna call it the man dragon or something. <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh, you dirty white cloak, you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everyone. That's been episode 84 of Popcast on the Rocks and our discussion of episode one through three of Wheel of Time. You should like us on Facebook, Instagram. No, not Instagram. Facebook, Twitter, <laughs> YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, follow all those things. Um, Please leave a review on podcast directory of choice. If you prefer to just listen in audio format, whatever you'd like, leave comments. We'll get back to you on them. Maybe you, maybe you love the difference in the, you know, land being a shorter dude, you know, whatever. So let us know. Um, Killing the flower, the band. Thank you for our theme song. You can check them out on YouTube and Instagram. And, um, Spotify as well. So thank you very much. And that's about it for us. We'll be back again in a week. Everybody have a good holiday break, hopefully. And we'll see you next time. Yeah. Happy drinks giving. Happy Thanksgiving. Cheers, everybody. <laughs>